everybody and welcome back to Behind the Record. Today's episode is going to be a bit of a companion to my earlier episode, um, which was titled Who Can Make Music? And in that episode, I talked about how the barriers to entry for the music industry are so much lower today than they used to be because digital technologies have made high quality audio equipment affordable for everyone. So today I want to expand on that by talking about what equipment you actually need to be competitive and make high quality projects or what equipment you need to make your own starting out music studio. I'm going to be talking from my own personal experience um, of trying to build a studio in my room for the past like five, six years, Um, but I'm also going to be drawing from what I've read in books uh, or what I've heard others say online. So this should be a useful starting point for anyone who wants to start making their own music or do any work with high quality audio, like making a podcast, for example. Um, But I'm also hoping that it's interesting for those who don't want to make a studio um, and who just want to know more about the music making process. I think just talking about the key components of a music studio can help you understand how the process actually happens. Um, The pros will have way more tools to work with than what I'm going to be talking about, but they're still operating within the same studio framework that I'm going to lay out. Um, So there are a ton of guides like this on the internet, and they're all slightly different. I've read quite a few of them, um, and I've noticed one says you need a pop filter, one says you don't, one might say that studio monitors are required, another might not. Um, So I'm going to try to cut that down to what I feel are the absolute essentials Um, But I also am going to suggest a few extra things at the end that you can get that I think can really add a lot to your capabilities. So I think a beginning home studio really comes down to six things. Um, And those are microphone, headphones, audio interface, studio monitors, um, a DAW, and a computer. Uh, So let's talk about the obvious one first, which is a computer. Um, And the main thing I want to say about this is don't worry about the kind of computer you have. Whether you have a Windows, um, a Mac, a laptop, a desktop, it really doesn't matter. Um, I will say many industry professionals prefer Mac, but there are plenty of legitimate musicians and audio engineers out there who use PC. Uh, PC is what I've used, and I've found that it works completely fine. So there is viable audio hardware and software out there for everything nowadays. So really the only thing you need to worry about, maybe, is how old your computer is. Um, I can't really recommend a specific computer for anyone, but if you don't have a computer less than a decade old, you might struggle with some things, just because it does take a lot of audio processing power um, sometimes, depending on how you're manipulating audio. So next up, I want to talk real quick about what I just referred to as a DAW. And that stands for Digital Audio Workstation. And these are basically computer programs that let you do essentially everything that a legitimate music studio lets you do. Um, Your DAW, or Digital Audio Workstation, is your platform for interacting with your music or podcast or whatever it is you're making. Um, It's where you record your audio into. It's where you edit it, uh, mix it, manipulate it. Uh, It's where you add effects, uh, loops, virtual instruments, whatever you want to do you're going to be doing it within your DAW. Um, And a DAW will typically be set up so that you can see multiple tracks, and each track is used for a different piece of a song or project. So uh, you might have vocals on one track, you might have a guitar on another one, etc. And it really lets you layer a song or a project together. So 
there are a ton of viable DAWs out there. Some of the big ones that you might have heard of are Logic um, Pro Tools. That's the one that professionals mainly use. Audacity, Fruity Loops, um, and Mixcraft, which is the one I mainly use. Um, and I think that one's a really good beginning program because the controls are simplified and really streamlined to make it accessible to beginners. So my recommendation would be to read a little bit about each DAW and find the one that best suits your needs. Um, I will say different DAWs are designed for different things. So Fruity Loops, which I just mentioned, usually gets used for hip hop. Um, and the interface inside of it is designed to make creating drum loops a little bit easier. Uh, and Mixcraft, as I just mentioned, is designed to be easy to use and accessible. Um, so yeah, you really just need to think about what it is you want to do, what kind of music you want to make, what kind of projects you want to make, and just do a little bit of research and read up about what each DAW is meant for. And that's going to be what really lets you pick the right one. Um, and I also want to say don't spend any money, at least not off the bat. Most of the major DAWs are free to use and they're extremely powerful. Um, there's no reason to be dumping a bunch of money into Pro Tools. That's the industry standard. Um, that'll run you like 600 bucks for a perpetual license. Uh, but you don't need to be dumping a bunch of money into something like that unless you're a professional. Um, you really just need the free stuff is going to give you all the tools you need. And Pro Tools does have a free version, by the way, which is called Pro Tools First, which I just wanted to mention. Um, and then the best advice I can really give you, I'd say, when it comes to DAWs uh, is just to pick one and stick with it. If you're constantly switching DAWs to find the perfect one, you're just going to end up confusing yourself. You're never going to get accustomed to one and really be able to uh, master the interface and the tools. So just pick one and stick with it. Um, and I'll provide a link in this episode's description to what I think gives a pretty good overview of what is a DAW, how do I pick the right one. Okay, so now we're going to talk about an obvious one, and that is the microphone. Um, if you listened to my last episode of Behind the Record, you probably have a pretty good idea about what types of microphones are available and why they're important. Um, so all I'm going to say is if you want to be able to record high-quality audio, buy a condenser microphone. They're made for the studio. Um, they're meant to give the highest audio quality that can be achieved. Um, but you do need to be careful because they can be pretty pricey um, as the rule goes with all audio equipment. Um, the one that I started with and the one that I am going to have to recommend is the Blue Yeti microphone. Um, it currently costs about $130 on Amazon, um, which isn't super cheap. It's not super expensive either, though. You can find condensers for way more than that. But um, what's nice about the Blue Yeti is that it's a USB microphone, meaning it plugs directly into your computer. So a uh, quick lesson, most condenser microphones use what's called an XLR cable. Um, and that's not going to plug into your computer. To make that work with your computer, you need to buy an audio interface, which I will talk about in a second here. Um, but if you get a USB microphone instead of a traditional one, you can completely skip that step. You don't need an audio interface. Um, and what you sacrifice for that is a little bit of control over the signal you're recording. But for a beginner, I don't think that's really a big deal. Um, if you really do want the traditional true condenser microphone, I would recommend the MXL 770. That's the microphone I'm using now. That's the one I'm speaking into right now. 
Um, I think the sound quality it gives is a little bit better than the Blue Yeti. And right now it's actually only $75 on Amazon, which is not only really cheap for a condenser, but really cheap for this specific microphone. I think I paid maybe like $150 for it. But um, I'll provide links for both the Blue Yeti and the MXL77 in the episode description. But keep in mind that there are hundreds of condenser microphones available, and they all will pretty much work. Just don't get crazy and spend too much, because at a certain point you're paying hundreds of dollars more uh, for just a marginal increase in recording quality. Alright, so now I want to talk briefly about audio interfaces. Uh, basically, these are physical devices that let you manage the audio signal that is going into and coming out of your computer. Um, audio interfaces will let you plug in microphones and instruments, they let you control the level of your audio signal, and they let you monitor your signal in real time. Um, I'd say they're probably the most confusing piece of studio equipment, but they are really important if you want to have any kind of real control over what you're recording or playing back. Um, and they're also another thing you can go crazy spending money on, surprise! Um, and I'll save you many hours of researching and tell you to just go ahead and buy the Focusrite Scarlett Solo audio interface if you're just starting out. Um, it's only about 100 bucks, and it's pretty widely accepted as the best and most affordable audio interface for beginners. So I'll provide a link to that in the description, and I will also provide a link to a blog post that I feel gives a really good introduction um, as to what audio interfaces are, how they work, and what you can do with them. So in the interest of time, I'm going to go ahead and lump together the last two things that I think every home studio should have, and those are going to be headphones and studio monitors. And the reason I feel like I can lump these together is that they basically serve the same purpose, which is to let you listen to whatever it is you're working on. Um, so I find that headphones are nice because they let you work quietly, and they let you monitor what you're recording um, without actually adding more sound to the room that's going to interfere with that. Uh, so right now I have my headphones plugged into my audio interface and I can hear everything I'm saying as I say it, which makes it a lot easier to speak clearly and speak smoothly. Um, you can probably imagine how much this would help if you were singing or if you were playing an instrument. Um, anyway, everyone is familiar with headphones, but here's the thing. Studio headphones are different than commercial headphones. Uh, commercial headphones are designed to make music or whatever else you're listening to uh, pleasing to listen to. Um, they manipulate the audio in certain ways, maybe they boost the bass, maybe they emphasize frequencies that singers typically use, uh, but they're meant to give you a commercial product. Studio headphones, on the other hand, are designed to give you an unmodified signal so that it's easier for you to hear uh, how you need to manipulate the raw sound to get exactly what you want. Um, now, studio monitors are designed in pretty much the same way. And when I say studio monitors, by the way, I'm just talking about speakers, which are designed to monitor audio in a studio. So just talking about speakers. Um, I won't say studio monitors are 100% essential. Technically, you could do all your editing and mixing using headphones, uh, but I think that monitors really help. Um, headphones give you the sound up close, but I think it can be really helpful to hear the sound from a more traditional speaker setup, and it also kind of helps rest your ears. Um, and I think in general it's good advice to try to listen to whatever you're working on um, in as many ways as possible because there are always things that you're going to miss on one speaker that you might hear on another. And of course, like most studio equipment, monitors can be really expensive into the thousands of dollars per speaker. 
Uh, personally, I use Mackie CR3 monitors, and I've found that they're really good for a novice. Um, they're only $100 a pair, which is pretty incredible price for what we're talking about. Um, but I do some shopping around and find the ones that are suited to your needs. Alright, so those are the six main items that I think every beginner studio should have. Um, but there are a couple things that are extra that I want to briefly mention. So the first thing is a pop filter. Um, this is a screen of sorts that goes over your microphone. Um, and it prevents the sibilance that you normally get um, when you make uh, P noises, popping noises, or S noises. Um, and when you speak into a mic without a pop filter, that can really distort the signal and you might get like a loud jump in the volume or something. So a pop filter can really help. Um, another thing that can help is a reflection screen. That's something that you put behind the microphone and that catches the audio signal as it goes past the microphone and it prevents it from bouncing back into the microphone. So that can really clean up um, a recording as well. Um, another thing, you might want a mic stand. That's pretty... Uh, self-explanatory. Um, you can get instruments if you don't have one. Um, I don't really play any traditional instruments, but I did go out and buy like a little electronic keyboard and so I can plug that right into my audio interface um, and that interacts with my DAW and I can use that to make music in the DAW. So that's always something really helpful to have. Um, you're going to need cables depending on what you're trying to plug in, um, so keep that in mind. Um, and then there is a bunch of extra software you can get, uh, things that you can kind of add to your DAW. You can buy loops, you can buy extra effects. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that. Those are really, really pricey. Just one effect you can end up spending like $500 on if we're talking like professional stuff. Um, so I would just stick to what's free. Um, but as a final emphasis, the real thing I want to emphasize, um, the real important things that you're going to be bringing to your studio are the creativity and the knowledge you have and the experience you gain from just putting in many hours of work with these tools. You can have the nicest equipment in the world, but if you don't have the knowledge and the experience to use them to make something that sounds good, uh, you're really not going to get anywhere. Uh, but that's going to do it for me for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Behind the Record. See y'all.